Hello and welcome to another episode of the 12 Shows of Richard Herring podcast in which I take you through my run at the Square Theatre where I'm attempting to do all 12 of my one-man shows, including a new one called Happy Now, which is on the 12th of September, almost sold out. So book now, seriously, if you want to come and see that. Uh, today we're looking at Hitler Moustache, which um, one of uh, my more controversial shows, I think one of the more successful ones at the time. Uh, and uh, and it's it's weirdly the most dated one in some ways in that it's all about the British National Party. I won't say too much now because, um, you know, I'll probably say all this when I'm in the dressing room just before the show. And I I do this, I say all this stuff now, and then I play the bit in the dressing room and I realise I've said the same thing because I can't remember what I said. So let's listen to that first. Uh, this is me in the dressing room before the show with George, the incompetent soundman, who so far hasn't made any serious errors uh, in... Recording the shows, so that's all good news. Hoo-wee. Uh, it's show eight of twelve. Hitler moustache. I have a Hitler moustache. Uh, I'm also in a suit for the first time in a little while, uh, which seems to be appropriate for this show. So yes, it's um, this. I'm, I'm actually more scared of this one than any of them. I don't. I've been listening to it all day and looking at it all day, but I don't know if any of it's really gone in. I think I know the story, so maybe I can just tell the story if I run out of the actual routines. Uh, and I've got no idea how long it is, whether I'm going to overrun. I imagine people might want to take selfies with me after the show. Uh, because the moustache is here. And I came in with... I shaved my beard off, uh, which had got quite big uh, and at home. And then I travelled in with a porn moustache. And then I've con- gone down to the Hitler. And I'm slightly worried it's not symmetrical, but I don't want to take anything off. I mean, it's near enough. But if I start taking bits off, it'll just end up being just like a little... Robert Mugabe moustache, which is he's just got the little, he's just got it in his filtrum. Um, so yeah, I'm quite scared about this one. We sold a lot of tickets. It's the current highest seller for one that hasn't. That's you know the actual Happy Now's are selling the best, but uh, this has gone three. Let's see if it's gone up during this beginning of this. No, three three six. So we might get up to three forty. So that's pretty good. It's nice to have you know about three over three hundred now. I don't think any of the others will get over 300 apart from Happy Now, which should sell out. So if you want to come to Happy Now, book now. We may be even too late by the time you hear this. Um, and, yeah, so it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. It's a nice show. It's kind of a bit didactic. And, actually, it's weirdly the show that maybe has dated the most, in that even though it's quite recent, it's all about the BNP. Uh, I think there's still relevance within there, but I wonder whether the voting landscape has tra- changed so much that the points I'm making aren't quite true. Well, also the BNP aren't a political force anymore, but obviously it sort of applies to all right-wing uh, kind of parties, and mentioning no names, Nigel Farage. Um, and I think it probably shows the importance of voting, at least, uh, even if the stuff about uh, Nick Griffin is a little feels a little dated. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it, but I might just go out there and not know any of it, and I can't work out whether I should just take the whole script on and then read it out. If I get lost, uh, I think I'll be okay. I think I know the first half anyway, and then we'll worry about the second half later. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Let's do it. Yeah, I still managed to completely repeat myself, even though I did a minimal introduction, but there we go. <laughs> so, yes, it was um, it was an interesting night. Like, there were about 3.40 in, which is terrific. Um, and... Um, it started really, really well. I, I think the most confident start of, of any of them, even though I was worried with this one, I couldn't work out if the if the routines had gone in or not. Um, it's quite a, weirdly quite a complicated running order of this one that I was running it and couldn't even remember what joke came where, even the first couple of pages. 
Um, it's a little bit, not really repetitive, but maybe cyclical. Uh, and uh, that's, I think that's the thing when you've done a show a lot of times, you kind of know the running order and you kind of can dick around a bit more. But it, it, when you're doing a show like this for the first time in whatever this is, eight or nine years, then um, seven or eight years, I don't know, then uh, it can't, that that's an extra worry. Weirdly, I think I got the year wrong all the way through this show. So apologies if you uh, listen to the whole thing. You can go to gofasterstrike.com slash 12 shows, one, two as numerals, or just gofasterstrike.com and click on the link. Uh, I think I was saying 2008 all the way through this, believing this was a 2008 show, but it was 2009 for the European elections. So that was one mistake I made. Let's just play the opening of the first half just to see whether it was as confident as I remember it being. Let's find out. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Eight of 12. We're nearly there. Uh, no idea how this is going to go. Good luck, everyone. Uh, so, uh, I never believed them when they said you get more right wing as you get older. <laughs> what about those bloody Jews, eh? Poisoning our wells, stealing our babies. <laughs> Too soon? Oh. All right, I'll do my liberal set. I've got two versions of this show, so I'll... <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's called Hitler Moustache, in which I'm attempting to reclaim the toothbrush moustache, as it should be called, for comedy, because Charlie Chaplin had it first, then Hitler came along, kind of ruined it for everyone. It was probably the worst thing he ever did, because uh, <laughs> this was once quite a fashionable moustache, but now, in the 21st century, the only place you'll see this is carved into the pubic hair of a naughty lady. Robert Mugabe had a little one as well. Uh, I think it's fair to say the only place you'll see this moustache is on a cunt. So, um, so why is this square inch of hair, this nasal welcome mat, that's all it is. Why, why has it taken the blame for all of Hitler's crimes? Because I don't think it was the moustache that's responsible. But somehow, along with the swastika, which was originally a Hindu symbol of peace and the name Adolf, these things are forbidden now. Isn't that Hitler's final victory, that he still gets to best possess these things 75 years on. Is, hasn't he won? Shouldn't we try and take them back off him? So I just wanted to see if it was possible to reclaim this moustache, whether it was wise to try and reclaim this moustache, and what would happen to me if I went around the streets of modern-day Britain with this on my face? Because this is real, this isn't stuck on, this is... Uh, I had this for a whole year. Um, it's, uh, it's right on my face all the time. It's a big commitment to make what is essentially... Quite a glib point, uh, because uh, <laughs> would the moustache make me evil? Because uh, that was a big worry for me. Would it make me successful? Because it worked for Hitler, didn't it? Uh, would it take me from the beer cellars I'm currently playing to massive stadium gigs with people chanting my name? Because I could, I could do with that. But I'm going over 20 years. I could do with... It's about fucking time, I'd say. I, it was mainly hiling at Hitler's gigs. He only had about 10 minutes of actual material. It was... Uh, basically the exact same set every single week as well. It was just very repetitive. It was very like the third series of Little Britain. <laughs> In more ways than one, uh, thinking about, but... Uh... And it progressed pretty well. 
the problem was I noticed early on, I won't play this clip, that I put out like a set list and I did the same thing yesterday with the headmaster's son. So it was a stupid, I mean, it was much too detailed a set list with too many bits on it and it was impossible to read, impossible to work out what it was. With Hitler Mustache, especially with the second half, which I was much more worried about, ironically, as it turned out, I had like about eight pages of set list and I tried to lay them out on my table and... Um, it was just impossible to see them, and I noticed early on I couldn't really work out where I was on the set list. And it didn't matter, because I was remembering everything where it was meant to come, and even the bit that went wrong, I kind of, if I hadn't had the set list there, I just wanted to check where I was, and then because I, and I knew, because it was obvious, and then because I went to check and couldn't find it, I completely threw myself. So it was annoying, if, if I probably if I hadn't bothered with the set list, this wouldn't have happened. The set list was useless to me, because it was much too detailed, especially in the second half, but as it happened, I didn't even need it in the second half. So here is my worst moment so far. I thought these podcasts would be a lot fuller of um, of terrible things going wrong. Uh, and the audience were lovely. The audience were really behind me in this show, which was terrific. Um, and uh, and it was I think partly it's great to have a, um, that many people in the room. So hopefully the last one, which should sell out, I don't think any of the others will. If you want to turn up at the last minute for any of the others, do pop along to the Square Theatre, 7 o'clock on Fridays and Saturdays. Um, but uh, Saturday the 12th will probably be sold out before you get there, as I've said three times now in this podcast and have been wrong about my predictions of when it will sell out. Um, so this is the bit where it went wrong. They're going to send me crazy to, to, to do this. Um, and again, I knew I was never going to change it. You know, so I, I was never, it was never going to be, be a, a difference for me. So I was, you know, I was worried about... Um, I was worried about it. Oh, bollocks. I, want, I, want, I can't believe this. I can't believe I literally put all this in the wrong place. Someone must have knocked this over. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get through it anyway, but, you know, it's kind of slightly annoying, isn't it, when you've done all that work. Uh, so that's near the end. That's near the end. That's the second half. That's all the second half. Oh, someone's just nicked one piece of paper, so we'll have to hope that it comes back. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I know if I didn't have the paper there, I would remember what was coming up next, and that's now, that's just... This is the first, this is the major, first major crash uh, <laughs> in this show. Um, sorry? High or herring, that's very nice, thank you. That's not helpful, because I've got to think, I've, actually got to, I've got to actually think about what's coming next. Uh, so, um, let me just, let me just uh, gather myself and have a thought. It'd be a terrible have to go back to the dressing room to get the script, which I nearly brought, <laughs> I nearly brought in. Uh, but, so, no, I think this is, I think actually it's just that one. When, when does a comedy stump? When, when does it stop being a comedy stunt? When does it start taking uh, over your life? That is because uh, in my job, I've done lots of stupid comedy stunts. And when I was a younger man, I didn't care. Interesting that only took about a minute of my life. It felt like about a thousand years. And when the guy shouted out, trying to be helpful, shouting out Heil Herring, I think a part of me genuinely thought someone in the audience might know what came next and was <laughs> prompting me. But they were very supportive. And I think, in a way, uh, I think things going wrong. It proves that it's real, and um, it proves that I am trying to remember 18 hours of material in six weeks, and it wasn't a, a massive problem, and I think also people quite like it when things go wrong, but uh, yeah, this was the first weekend I think Hitler must have, Headmaster's son had a few similar little moments where I was I lost my place. That one, as a performer, that's just excruciating to be on stage, and just, just blankness, uh, and it's, you know, I'd just completely forgotten where I was, because it was obvious what came next, because I was talking about uh, comedy affected my life, and I, I knew that the next bit was about going on to talk about Hercules Terrace. If I thought about it, but it's just because I was looking down at these pieces of paper, I thought they'd be moved around. I think I tried to blame George, the sound guy, for taking them off. 
I wondered if the guys from the, the show after me who had had a slight argument about being in the dressing room too long last weekend might have come in and deliberately tried to mess things up for me. But I think at the end, I just thought there was more pieces paid for the first half uh, than for the second. And um, I didn't notice that I hadn't really made much notes towards the end because I thought I knew the end of the show, end of the first half, which I did. And then ironically enough, the second half, which I was really worried about, it, there were moments where I thought, I don't know what's coming next. But I managed to remind myself and all the stories came out pretty well. So um, I'm very happy with this performance overall. It was a great reception and uh, maybe even like a couple of people tried to give me a standing ovation at the end of this one. I can't remember that no one else did. So that might have been Headmaster's son. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it was it was, it was was great to go back to the show. I think all of them have gone through the same progression at the beginning of the week. I think, oh no, this isn't as good as I thought it was. And then by the time I've learned them and done them a bit, I have a, a lot more respect for them. And even though this show, as I said, sorry about all these beeps coming up, uh, even though this show was um, very much about 2009, I think a lot of it is still relevant. And I suppose with the Russell Brand thing, not voting, the central message of this show is to vote. So that's uh, that's still relevant, even if the political landscape has changed so much that perhaps the specific points about voting in the European election to keep the BNP out uh, are no longer relevant. It was interesting to be back to the moustache, of course, um, which I thought a few times I will have been wearing for the last time. Uh, last time I had it was for Rich Ham's Objective, and um, that was just for one show. Uh, this time, of course, I didn't need to have it out in the street. I had planned to go out and uh, have a photo taken with the statue of Charlie Chapman that's been outside the Leicester Square Theatre for a while. It used to be in Leicester Square itself, but now has been housed outside the Leicester Square Theatre for a few months, maybe a year or two. And uh, But it's been removed. I think it's going back to Leicester Square Theatre, well, the Leicester Square, but it's um, it's not there at the moment, so I couldn't fulfil that. So I didn't go outside with the moustache at all. I had a, I shaved down to just a regular porn star moustache in the afternoon and then came into the, came into the venue and uh, shaved in my dressing room. Um... Uh, weirdly, I kind of thought the moustache looked okay this time. I mean, I don't think I'm going to use it as a fashion statement, but before it always looked a bit horrific, but somehow it seemed to sit quite nicely on my face today. Maybe it's just because I'm old. I'm a dad, so having a moustache is all right. I hit the moustache even so, even, even more so. Um, and uh, after the show, uh, I went and did some selfies with the audience. And um, then I came back to the dressing room and before I talked to... George, I shaved it off again. Leaving, I've clothes shaved everywhere else, but I've just shaved this off with an electric shaver, leaving a shadow, a six o'clock shadow, someone called a 1945 shadow of the moustache there for my taxi ride home. No one seemed to notice it. I shaved it off in the morning, the little bit of extra tiny ghost of a hit moustache that remained. But um, yeah, it was it was fun to have it again one more time. I don't think surely I'll ever have it again. But never say never. We used up all the programmes for this show in this last performance. There was enough about one between two. So there's no impetus to do this show again. Uh, and yeah, I think as I said, this uh, has been... Uh, this is the highest selling show I've done so far. In fact, by the end of the show, though Happy Now has now overtaken it in sales. Uh, at the end of the show, the chart ranging for something like 341 at the top down to the low hundreds for the for the bottom shows at the moment. We're still some tickets to sell. So these are the current sales after Hitler Moustache. Number one, Hitler Moustache by one sale was ahead of Happy Now, which is a little way ahead of someone like Joggett, 
a little bit ahead of 0540. All of those were over 300. The Headmaster's Son comes next, then the 12 tasks of Hercules Terrace, Christ and a Bike, Talking Cock, Menage Un, the lowest selling show that has been done, so no more tickets to sell at 240. So Lord of the Dance Seti should make that. We're all going to die, and what is love anyway? Uh, bringing up the rear, those two fighting out for last position at the moment. But we are selling a lot of tickets at the last minute. Uh, you know, again, we're all going to die, and what is love anyway coming up? And great shows. <laughs> I think two of my better shows, so I can I presume people have seen them recently, and that's why they're possibly not selling as well as the others. Um, I don't think it's any judgment on the quality of the shows because I think they're fairly solid shows. In fact, actually, we're all going to die. I've, I've been enjoying rehearsing more uh, this week than what is love anyway. There's, there's a lot of very solid, good material in We're All Going to Die. So do come along at the weekend to see those Friday the fourth and Saturday the fifth of. September at the Leicester Square Theatre, 7 o'clock. You'll be able to buy tickets on the door, definitely for those. We're All Going to Die is on the 11th of September. Sorry, no, what is... No, we're... Um, the uh, Lord of the Dance City is on the 11th of September. And, um, again, I think you should be able to tickets on the door for that. Happy Now, 12th of September, which should sell out pretty soon. Have I said that in this podcast? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think we've heard from what uh, how I felt the show went at the end of the show. So let's go over to the dressing room at the Leicester Square Theatre to see how I felt after the show. Kill few. It went very well. It started very well. I was sort of surprised how well it was coming back. And then weirdly, I had like a set list on the table and then noticed it was in the wrong order. And that kind of completely threw me, even though I didn't actually need it. And then I got to a bit where I should have known what was coming next and then got really blindsided by the set list that I was looking at. And so there was, a, as I'm sure you will have played for you, there was a uh, an embarrassing bit. But, I, you know, I can pretend I did it on purpose. To, uh, George says it humanises me. I make sure I'm fallible, uh, but uh, it wasn't a massive problem. I kind of managed it, but it was just that for about thirty seconds, I was thinking, I have no idea what comes next, and then I managed to find a bit of paper that it was meant to be, and then I realised I knew anyway. So that was a fine. And then the second half, which I was much more worried about, I think pretty much went. I probably missed something out, but uh, it went pretty well, and uh, yeah, it was good. Aside from having a slightly crazy person outside waiting for me, dressed as Hitler, um, although she said she was dressed as uh, Liza Minnelli from Cabaret. Uh, which is a big difference. Uh, so uh, that was a bit interesting. But apart from that, it was all good. And I've just literally shaved the moustache straight off. And I hope that will be the last time. Can you tell? It's gone now. I haven't. Everything else is shaved a bit more closely. So uh, you might still be able to see the ghost of Hitler there. But yeah, that's fantastic. Eight, eight of 12. Hopefully next week's one should be a little bit easier. We will see. Um, and uh, no, so I'm very relieved to have got through that. And uh didn't, I felt a little bit emotional doing the Charlie Chapman speech at the end, but not the same as yesterday. Uh, and people seemed happy again, and there was 338, I think, which is the highest so far, and likely to be the highest until happy now. So, yeah, all good. Let's, ca- let's carry on. Let's do the next four. Okay. Yeah, so that's that. I have to say most of the people who come meet me after the show and say hello to the show are the right side. Most of the people who come see my shows are mad. Most of them are the right side of mad. Um, did just have a slightly weird experience at the end of <laughs> this one that some of you got involved in, uh, where people just feel they can monopolise your time, even though there's 50 or 60 other people waiting behind them. Um, I'm always in a big rush, especially in these shows, because there's another show coming in. I can't really hang around and talk to you for ages on these. I'm very open to discussions, polite discussions with people after the shows and on Twitter and by email. So there's lots of ways of getting in touch with me and... Um, you know, just occasionally 
someone gets a bit drunk maybe and oversteps a line or expects too much or thinks the world revolves around them and uh, that can be a problem but um, Dan Tetzel was uh, in the audience because he loves anything to do with Nazis Dan Tetzel and uh, he was going to come say hello to me but said I was having a conversation with one of my my fans and he seems to do find that quite amusing uh, but most of you, I mean, I think I'll probably put a picture of David up in his, who was coming to all of the shows, and he got the Hitler moustache t-shirt. I and mean, that's a guy, you know, he's clearly insane. He comes to all of my shows, but what a nice man he is. <laughs> uh, and, you know, if you need a nuclear bomb, he might be able to help you out with that. That is the beauty of my fans. Uh, so, you know, they can be used for good and evil. But, uh, yeah, so we're coming up to the end of the run now, and... Uh, I have been away this week. I've had a little break with my family in uh, Suffolk. Uh, and so I haven't done as much work on these two shows coming up, which is, of course, is What Is Love Anyway and We're All Going To Die, which on Friday and Saturday this week. Uh, I'm hoping it should all come back. I did listen in the car to them both on the drive back yesterday. And, um, yeah, it's again, it's exactly the same thing as every single week. I kind of start the week thinking, oh, no, this is much too difficult. And somehow it kind of comes back. But the... We're all going to die. The first half seems pretty familiar, though there's some tricky bits in it. And the second half has two really long and difficult routines in it. And of course, what is love anyway? It's very important I get this end bit right. So there's, there is quite a lot of learning to do in the next couple of days. So if you'll forgive me, I won't talk for too long um, anymore. And I uh, hope you have enjoyed this podcast. If you want to hear the first 10 of these 12 shows and can't get down to see them, well, you can't know because they've most of them have happened, then uh, go to www.gofaststrike.com. You can buy 15 hours of material for £12, which I think is pretty good value. Come to see the remaining shows. Go to lessersquaretheatre.com if you want to buy tickets or turn up on the door for most of them, but go book ahead for Happy Now, if I told you that. And uh, there's a Kickstarter for Raha Lusterpur. Go to kickstarter.com or go to gofaststrike.com slash kickstarter and I think you should be able to get through to that if you want to help us make some more of those. Um, I will keep putting out podcasts for free. I can't really afford to do the film ones for free just because they cost a lot of money, as you'll see. And uh, if you want to keep the videos of Rahul Lusterpur going and just give us five, ten quid. That'll set as well on our way. It's, it's, it looks like it might make it. There's a, a long way to go. There's nine days to go and something like £15,000 to get. But people, I'm just very touched and amazed by your generosity, as I am by you all coming to see these shows. Uh, and so it is a pleasure to meet you after the shows and say hello and sign your programmes if you like. And, of course, if you want to get copies of most of the programmes, we're now running very low. Hercules has more or less run out. Hit the Moustache, I think, has run out. And there might be a few more at the theatre I might be able to pick up and Menage Erna is completely gone but if you want all the other programmes and all the leaflets from the shows which is most of them as well then go to www.justgiving.com slash happy now donate 20 quid maybe 25 quid if you live abroad and uh, I will send you and then email me your address at herring1967 at gmail.com and I will send you signed copies of all the stuff that remains. And all that money, of course, goes to scope. So you're doing some good if you want to have the full experience of the shows and the programmes. Uh, but, yeah, thanks so much for listening to this. And uh, I'm very touched, I have to say, by all the support I'm getting. So thank you very much, Greg.